Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a Miracle Made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver-infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle Made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made. Come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Fake the Nation, episode 162. What drove me to stand up into yeah. the arms of stand up was again a logistics issue. It's much more difficult to be honest. But um yeah. <laughs> Sketch is easy. Sketch is so easy. Yeah. No, sketch is also fucking hard. Yeah. Like, but the but the thing that's nice well about it. Yeah, doing anything well is hard. Mm. I think what's nice about the defeats in sketch is that you're doing it you're being defeated with other people. Oh. So the defeat is less painful. Yeah. But in stand up the defeat is very stinging and distract. And it's just about how you're a failure as a person. Yeah. yeah. Sketch is about Don't how a group is, is a failure, which is much nicer. Two. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, hello. This is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and where we lick our fingers, stick it in the air, and see if democracy is still in the wind. <laughs> I am your host, Nagin Farsad, and I've recently come to terms with the fact, guys, this is like I'm this is like a moment for me that I'm expecting this. I'm coming to terms with the fact that I just can't wear heels and I probably never will be able to, you know? Oh, and Nikita, that's I'm where so I am as a woman. And I see <laughs> these hot bitches walking around wearing heels and I want to be that, you know, but I, my feet hurt and I can't do it. And I, lo- I think it looks real nice though. So no, um, you know, no shame. Aren't you happy that you can run from a murderer now? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and like play basketball in my flat see? sandals. <laughs> Hot bitches wear flats. No, yeah. hot okay. bitches also wear flats. Yeah. That's totally yeah. true. But it's it's one of those things where I don't know if you if if you've done this, Maeve, mm-hmm. but like 
I've been like, no, no, no. One day I'm going to like just wear heels all day and I'll train my feet to be cool. With <laughs> like I've, I've thought that. And I've said that to myself for probably ten, like 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I am no longer going to say that to myself. I'm probably never going to train my feet to feel comfortable in the thing that's humanly ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I I don't wear heels, but I think I'm taller than you already. All right. So well, I don't, don't want to. to... <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, and wow. no, that's uh, that's how we start. That's how we start no, with. That's how we start with Shay. Which one is taller it's and which one a... is prettier? <laughs> oh my god! But amongst the three of us, I'm the prettiest. You're the prettiest. <laughs> prettiest. Lou's the prettiest. Um, you guys, we've completely <laughs> fucked up this intro because you're hearing voices. You're like, who are they? I'm not even going to tell you because first I'm going to tell you that we're going to talk about immigration, uh, recessions. Uh, we're going to talk about the 2020 race. And we're also going to talk about um, brand alignment and uh, whether or not they... Brand and ideological alignment. What? Is that the title of that segment? Something like that. Yeah. Okay. I am joined by these voices you've been hearing. Um, They're both pretty faces. I'll say that. Um, One of them is taller than me. And actually, both of them are taller than me. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and out myself as the shortest person on this podcast, which is actually the original title for Fake the Nation. And then we decided to turn it to Fake the Nation. It was originally called the shortest person on this podcast. The Napoleon of podcasters, (laughs) Nikki Farsad. The next thing about that is I'm about to take over some land. Um, You guys, uh, for the first time on the show, I'm so excited to have him on. He's a performer and a teacher at UCB. That's the Upright Citizens Brigade, which is uh, among the hot shit uh, institutions Mm -hmm. of comedy in America. Um, He does sketch and improv. He was just recently on the uh, the CBS Diversity Showcase because he's so fucking fancy and so delightful. You guys, it's Lou Gonzalez. Hey, Lou. Hi. Um, also, returning to the show, yeah. uh, oh, God, I have to work with what? this woman. She's so tall. She's so fucking t- It's like <laughs> I'm, I have, like, neck pain every time I hang out with her. Um, among her credits include, she got my baby a really adorable vintage outfit. I did. Oh, my God. That's a credit. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. It was really, it's really cute. Wow. It's gorgeous. Come September, there will be Instagram photos when she's like, she has to fill it out a little. Yeah, she has to get, um, grow into one of those plump 1950s style babies. I'm getting, no, yeah, yeah. I'm pu- I have her on creatine. Um, <laughs> she's an author of the book Mave in America, mm-hmm. which... Everyone should purchase. It's also got a fetching um, three stripe mm-hmm. cover mm-hmm. that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> nothing about That's like buy it for the cover. Somebody has not read the book yeah. when they're just like, and I have seen the cover of it and I approve. No, I, just, I, I, I held the weight of it. The it's, it has an. It has like. A decent weight for there a book. There is heft to that too. I looked, I looked at the font pleasant. <laughs> they use nicely textured pages. Um, no, no, no. You guys you guys know that I fucking love the work of this person who is also a dueling columnist with me in the Progressive yes. Magazine. My mm-hmm. column appears on a page opposite her page. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah. you guys... <laughs> and she's fucking great and a wonderful and it's Maeve Higgins. <laughs> Thank you, Nagin. Thanks for having me. I love the topics that you've laid out for us. Oh, shit. Okay, well, let's get into them with topic number one. 
Um, all right. There's a couple things happening in D.C. and uh, out of the White House. So let's talk about them. One of them is the new immigration rule. Uh, what is it? Um, and, uh, you know, what's going on with it without giving away any spoilers? So this one, I think, is straight out of Stephen Miller's Little Mind. Mm. Um, And basically, it's a move that will prevent immigrants from getting um, any kind of help from the state that they're entitled to, because it could then block their, you know, application for naturalization or their green card application. So that's things like health, benefits, unemployment. Right. Um, stuff that they are entitled to. When right. I say they, I'm saying, I should say we. we. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they as an immigrant, Medicaid, y'all. stuff like that. So um, I've really been following this story and it it's linked in with um, the acting director of USIS. Yeah. Weirdly, I can't remember his name. I know it's Italian, like, ironically enough. Can you just tell also what USIS is for people who don't know? Uh, Yeah, United States Citizen and Immigration Services. Mm. And how can you explain as an immigrant how it would affect uh, an immigrant? Like, lay it out for people in case they don't understand. I guess, like, something that's interesting is the difference between, like, a migrant and an immigrant. I think an immigrant, the actual, like, definition means that you do get citizenship eventually. Like, you move... You have a status. Yeah. yeah. You move to the country and you eventually become a citizen. Whereas, like, if you're a migrant, you're just kind of maybe passing through. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, technically, I've never applied for a permanent residency here. Mm -hmm. Um, But if I did, they do a very deep background check on you and that (laughs) like in the last few years it's really ramped up it will even include now your social media and um, and now these new uh, this new policy of seeing what help you've ever gotten what assistance you've ever gotten from the government bear in mind we pay taxes the same as everybody else these are things that we're entitled to um, will work against you so it could block your green card application it could block your naturalization efforts if you've ever received Medicaid or I, there's a whole list of things that are basically things you might need to get on your feet which is the case for a lot of new immigrants even though eventually we do contribute to the economy more than we take. Um, And I should say, it's like really important, I think, when you're talking about the new policy of, it's called the public charge, right? So that you don't become a public charge. Basically, it's racialized because you're more likely to be wealthy if you're coming from a Western country, if you're coming from a yeah. white country. Then you won't, you wouldn't need public assistance. Yeah. Right, exactly. Um, uh, so uh, I the, do think race is an important thing to bear in mind. I think the other crazy thing um, about this is that it... Um, it the the, uh, the rule the way it's written is that it it can deem someone a public like if this person is likely to become a, a public charge yeah which what is that you're like basically trying to tell the future right. like is it basically any human being like could possibly become a public charge you it's, know what I mean so yeah. the definition is so broad of what a public charge I think that's is intentionally because it involves, so right, exa- like yeah. that's intentionally yeah. so I think like. You know, it's not surprising that this administration is engaging in this. This is they've been doing it consistently and pushing it. And now that, you know, they're possibly in their last year, they're going to keep going harder. <laughs> so, like, it's like none of it's surprising. I, I think it's it becoming, could also help them get reelected. Oh, though, I mean, right. Potentially so. Um, uh, I I still am hopeful yeah. <laughs> about, 
you know, like, I think we suffered more from apathy than uh, action. I think inaction is what causes right. bad things in this country, not necessarily action. Mm. And so, like... Uh, but I like the idea that either it's senioritis that's pushing them to like get at, like do all the crazy things they want to do before graduation, yeah. or <laughs> it's uh, and that it could also help them get elected. Like yeah. both things are true. Like they could serve. Like it serves. It serves basically what they've been pushing and promising. I would say one thing. Like they, you know, good for you. You're kind of following through on the things you've wanted to do, right. which is like I mean, like the first public uh, discussion was shitting all over immigrants uh so like they're just like following through on that um in a very gross way i mean like you're we're base you're basically stealing money from people who are giving you money they're like i ask i give you money for these services you are yeah. not you're not trying to take these services away uh that's capitalism, baby. Like, that's the exchange that we're doing. Like, I'm giving you money. I should exp I'm a part of this society. We're doing something that is uh, 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 vital because truly, in order for this country has sustained by taking advantage of the lesser than. Mm, like, yeah. that is how this economy has flourished. Well, it the interesting thing about that is that's, you know, that's true. Mm -hmm. um, and that to, to take away this labor force mm -hmm. with these kinds of rules could actually i mean economists predict would have a negative effect on the on the I economy know, like, which is what's hilarious because it's an anti-capitalist yeah they're aging like they need to like we need to have like younger people in the country immigrants are providing that there's like so many roles and jobs right. that immigrants do and, that nobody and just else. on a on a straight up money level just money right. to money we need to have younger people in the in the um country to pay taxes to pay for the older people yeah. who were were paying out their social security, right? So yeah. like that's how that thing works. But and that's why it blows my mind that it's funds, like you it's can... just odd. It's and it is sort of anti-capitalist yeah. to cut our legs off when it comes to this labor force. But like cutting immigration by 50%, which is what they want to do and what they're like you said, it's actually amazing how successful they've been. Like a lot of the Trump administration promises haven't come through, but on immigration We forgot about the wall. <laughs> Yes. I mean, it's like the wall's not even a fucking thing anymore, right? And there's literally people chanting about the wall. And now it's like, <laughs> I gone. know. And now it's like gone. And now they're just like, send her back. Well, that, what? That's, that's, well that's completely his narrative. It, 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 it's just he's throwing shit at the wall. And whatever sticks, yeah. he's like, I'm a winner. It was like, wait, what about but all I feel these like there's a, there's a really True. organized, like, extremely effective, like, anti immigrants oh, coming from Stephen yeah. Miller. And it's, it is like, it is so powerful. Like, even with this, the public charge policy that's come in, like, even if you're not affected, it's a scary, it's a scary thing. And it's another, like, kind of nail in the coffin of, like, you're not welcome here, especially if you're black or brown. But, Nagin, you know what I was thinking when you were saying about, like, you don't know who's going to be yeah. successful or who's going to add to society. I always think about this one book that I read by a Princeton professor. So, Ooh, right? It's like, has read some academic writing. Excuse me. How cute is the um, professor? <laughs> he's brilliant. And the funny thing is, he's a classics professor, but the book he wrote is called Undocumented and it's about his life growing up as an undocumented kid. He's Dominican. He was, he's black. He was homeless, living in the New York City shelter system as a child. So if you would have met him then, you would have been like... Public charge. Public charge. Like yeah. literally by every definition, like you're taking from America or whatever. 
the fact that he went on, I mean, he's like an exceptional person and a genius to be able to become a classics professor and he's still really young, blah, blah, blah. But it just shows like it's really unscientific. But it also like hammers home to me that it's not really about like economics. It's not really about like logic. It's more just It's about- also not really about human potential. No. At I, all. No. Yeah. I mean, it screams of privilege. Like these these policies. They're yeah. not considering these groups of people because they've never interacted with them. No, it's very deliberate. I yeah. think it's just racist. I think they're literally oh. saying, like, we don't want you in the oh. country, even if it cuts off our yeah. own nose. Yeah, I feel privilege and racism intertwine. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel yeah. like they're I feel like they very much go hand in hand. And I feel like a lot of the money that has been funneling in, like I think the the things that have been positive, uh, that have been done by this administration has been through very wealthy people who are very racist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Also, the other thing that's interesting about this rule, you guys, is like, uh, this is the thing that scares me the most, Mm -hmm. is that it's several hundred pages long. Mm -hmm. And all of the other things they did were basic, like the Muslim ban was like a post-it note, like take (laughs) this to someone and tell them we don't take Muslims anymore, right? Yeah. (laughs) And and there was no constitutional framework, like it was ridiculous. Right. And so that's why there was so much, they had to go through the court system a couple of times and then finally they got it, whatever. And now they're like, oh, wait, if we want to be super racist, Mm -hmm. we need to do it with a lot of legal language and it has to be 800 pages and then mm-hmm. we'll be able to you know loophole our way into making this um legal and that mm-hmm. i think is what they've figured out and that they could be very successful at so that's what's really scary to me is that they they're a chaotic administration and they don't they they tend to not know what they're doing. Half of the seats are unfilled. Like, offices are empty. Right. Interns are probably, like, writing, legisl- you know, writing bills. But um, what's happening here is that they're, with their limited staff, are figuring it out. And that's yeah, scary. Yeah, and I think that they're so blatant about that, right? Like, the same man, Ken Cuccinelli, was on saying, like, there's a historic precedent for this public charge uh, policy. And there is. And it's from, like, the 1882, like, Immigration Act, which was the same year that the Asian ban came into, you know, force. So he's not making any bones about the fact that this is, like, a race move. And that that he's, like, I can't even believe you referenced that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, As if they care about... It was, like, on a Sunday show or something, right? I don't know. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that's what made me look into it. And Mm -hmm. I was like, Jesus, like, he's right. Like, we have always favored Europeans in this country. So, like, in that way, it's just the baldness of it is, like, breathtaking. And also the... Those like that, um, like the in the 1882 Immigration Act, the kind of, you know, if you're going to be like uh, leeching from us, you're not allowed in. That was based in the poor laws from England. So it's literally like a colonial era law that we're still like buying into today. And can I just say something for people who are interested in having some stats at their fingertips for uh, people who talk about immigrants leeching off of the system? 63.4% of all foreign born adults were employed. Um, This is a study uh, that was that we saw on the Washington Post, um, fifty compared to fifty nine point eight percent of native born, native born adults. So mm-hmm. the the statistics are generally that native 
that foreign-born adults tend to be more employed mm-hmm. than native-born adults. Um, more likely to be entrepreneurs. They're more likely to be entrepreneurs. Every foreign-born person ends up creating something. I feel I, I'm going to botch the statistic, but it's something like 2.5 jobs for every foreign-born person that comes. No, I feel like a loser because I haven't, you haven't created done any, any jobs you, yet. you have not created any jobs. <laughs> but have look how easy it was for me to come in, though. Uh, you have created a really compelling book cover. <laughs> My cover. I mean, I got to see this book cover because you guys are popping a lot of shit about it. And if this this does not blow me away, I'm going to be furious. Um, Oh, here's another one. And then um, an analysis of census data shows that 77% of working age immigrants, 18 to 64, who received one or more of six benefits also worked during the year. Oh, yeah. So if you received a benefit, you also were employed. Yeah. Um, like we or don't even you have... were married to someone who was employed. So it's not, so the idea so benefits when it comes to the uh, native uh, to to immigrants tends to be very temporary. Right. You know, we it, it's really about getting a leg up so that you can make it. Like that's what these it is benefits about. were are necessary for their survival. Survival, right? Yeah. Their survival. Yeah. It's not something like oh, cool, I can go to the doctor. It's like no, I need to go right. to the doctor. Like yeah, I yeah. like my health is essential. I'm busting my ass. I'm working. Like so meanwhile, I know I have a, a Colombian friend who's literally flying back to she she has health care here. Yeah, and she's a citizen, but she's flying back to Colombia to get her uh, like a root canal because really? it's, it's like she's like I can't afford it here, and she's of <laughs> she's not on any assistance. She has health insurance from yeah. her. You know, it's like ridiculous. But that's so like the benefits in this country, like coming from Europe, they are not great. They're ridiculous. No, <laughs> they're not, not great. Like even if you have them, like even yeah. if you have benefits, she just doesn't have dental, so right. she just has to go. You, um, I don't. I we're running out of time in this segment, so I want to get into the recession real quick, you guys. <laughs> you right. want to get into the I recession? Wanna, the game? Yeah, no, I'm not a Bill Maher. Um, <laughs> do you guys? think that a recession is coming this was the news of the last 10 days that a recession is looming it's looming well, i saw the headline or no go ahead no, no, I, I think it was like yeah there was an indicator that determined that whether or not a recession was uh going to happen and um an inverted it, yield curve inverted yield curve fuck, yeah. and uh that would then uh predict a recession within the next 18 months which is which sucks election though yeah. i mean if it, like, do you think an, an election, a recession, would um, tank the Trump candidacy? No. Oh, it wouldn't. It wouldn't, ta- it wouldn't. It wouldn't tank. His, it wouldn't tank his narrative. It just, you took it wouldn't, a dump on my rainbow. Yeah, it just. It wouldn't tank his narrative because he's just going to continue. Like uh, 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 his election is not necessarily based on facts. Right. It's based on his ability to jabber at his mouth and to get people on board with him. So. Yeah. Uh, literally, he just w- had a a rally saying like, "This is the best uh, economy, economy ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if you get rid of me, <laughs> like if you get yeah. rid of me, you're screwed." And I was like, "None of that's true. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's probably the opposite. Um, because a lot of uh, a, like, there's so much damage that he's doing that we don't even see. It's the same thing with most presidents. The damage that they do, we don't see mostly within their uh, uh, within their term. Right. It's normally we see the after effects of it. So it's like, like he, this, the, our dude has only been doing stuff for like really actively for like maybe 
two years. He's been jabbering for most of it. So like, we're not really going to see the right the, the tax onslaught. Cut. Yeah. So the so there's a couple of different types of recessions that you could have, mm-hmm. and it looks like the one that we may have is a, called a fiscal recession, which is t- which tends to happen because of a slowdown related to the expiration of uh, something like a tax cut, right? So the, t- the, the Trump tax cuts um, would expire. That might lead to a recession or um, the tra- <laughs> the trade war with China. Right. So these are all kind of unenforced errors. Like the, the Trump is kind of like forcing a recession <laughs> with his actions because of all it, you know, the market is responding to the trade war, you know. And doesn't it also respond to like Obviously, the trade war is a real thing. The tax cuts are a real thing. But there's also like if there's like fear in the air. Right, just volatility. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not knowing what's going to happen. So markets respond favorably to stability and like to, you know, leaders being like, this is what's going to happen. And with this long time horizon, but markets don't respond favorably when they just don't know from day to day what, you know, what trade policy is with China. When they don't know that day to day, markets don't respond favorably. And also, I th- I'm certainly not an expert, but I remember like the huge recession that we had in Ireland. It was one of the reasons I left. And also, I think infinite expansion like is not possible. Infinity, I, so it look, has to. And that's one of the things first. that I feel like is really frustrating about the way we talk about economics in mm-hmm. general is that infinite expansion is not fucking possible. Yeah. Why are we even taught? And it's and it's it's um it's uh anti-climate. It's yeah. an anti-environmental yeah. way of thinking about it. Because like the infinite- oil industry is kind yeah. of safe here for the moment because of fracking. Yeah. But like the damage that fracking is doing is, you know, indescribably in a way, like you said, we'll we'll see what's going to, uh, yeah, the but, outcome is of this. Yeah. Like it's going to come back to haunt us. Infinite expansion is predicated on the infinite use of resources, but we don't have infinite resources. Yeah. And that's why I feel like we need to be talking about other ways of judging the economy and like a steady state economy. And I don't know enough about it. And I've mentioned this before without also knowing enough about it. <laughs> we should have like a little economist with us at all times, I, I think. I've all, a pocket economist. Pocket just economist. like a small, Okay. Just that you like, went, like Sabrina, what do you think? Yeah. My, my, my economist is called Sabrina. <laughs> uh, mine's called uh, Janet Yellen. She, we have Ooh. brunch sometimes. Uh, mine's called Big Cash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she sounds cool. Um, she does sound really cool. She's, she sounds she's very fun. responsible. She's, she's crazy responsible. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys, we're going to keep track of uh, the uh, yield curve. And um, let us know if you think a recession coming. I feel like it is anyways, only because but because, because it, it has to. Because it has to. It has because to. it's cyclical. It's it, because like 10, it's like no fucking ye- duh. Like 10 years of growth that um, we've had? When was the last recession technically here? And also Se- I know that there's a thing eight, called like right? 2007. Seven to eight? Yeah, seven right. to eight. Right. Yeah. So it's time. Yeah. We're, in, we're due. Oh we're due. Uh, all right, you guys. Let's take a quick break and hear about our sponsors, whom we love, who keep the lights on here at Fake the Nation. So if you want to support Fake the Nation, please listen about the sponsors and see what amazing products they might have that you might want to spend your cash monies on. Um, and cash money is also the name of uh, <laughs> Lou's <laughs> economic. Big advisor. Uh, big, cash. big cash. Sorry, big cash. No, it's fine. She's a little offended. <laughs> oh my god, I always mispronounce names. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, let's go to break. 
This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I have used Rocket Money. And you guys, honestly, I had no idea how many things I was subscribing to that I didn't want to be subscribing to. I think we all go into, we enter into subscriptions with a Pollyanna view that we're going to use as a subscription, even though it's a super obscure, you know, education app from Albania that teaches Russian math or whatever. And then you're like, I'm never going to use this. Why did I get it? I should remember to cancel it. And then you don't. And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help. Because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. To unsubscribe, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you with a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. I mean, that tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys. 
Eat stress-free this spring with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready-to-eat in just two minutes. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. Also, discover more than 60 add-ons every week like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Folks, I feel like I've mentioned this before, but I tried other services that I was displeased with. And then a neighbor of mine was trying Factor. I had pulled them aside in the hallway and I was like, what are you feeling about this Factor? And they were like, it is delicious. You should definitely do it. So then me and my husband did it and we loved it. They are chef-prepared meals that arrive to your door, and then in two minutes, you could be eating them. Like, it's so simple, and they're actually delicious. And for people like me who just sometimes, my schedule can be so maniacal between traveling in different cities and, you know, doing stand-up gigs. It's like I just don't have a typical schedule where I can plan, set aside time for cooking and all that stuff. So something like Factor really helps for me. The other thing that I love to do is try not to eat carbs. (laughs) So they have a keto option, which is fantastic. It's super delicious. They use premium ingredients. You can get stuff with like filet mignon and shrimp and truffle butter and broccolini and asparagus, right? Like real ingredients. They're no fuss, no mess meals. Um, They eliminate the hassle of having to prep. They're tailored to your schedule. Um, You can customize your weekly meals. Uh, with flexibility, you can pause or reschedule. I've actually done that. I've, pa- I've both paused and rescheduled. Um, Factor is basically your solution for fast premium meals without the need for cooking. We're celebrating Earth Day all month long. And look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for the lowest carbon footprint meals. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should head to factormeals.com slash fakethenation50 and use the code Fake the Nation 50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. That's code Fake the Nation 50 at factormeals.com slash Fake the Nation 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. And we are back with topic number two. You guys, the 2020 election is now still over a year away. And while I think we should curse the heavens for having the longest election cycle on the fucking planet, um, we have no choice but to pay attention. So um, let's just like broadly, Lou, like where do you think we are with Um, these primaries? I think everyone's kind of still jockeying for position. Um, There's... I personally do you guys me, follow, do you follow the polls? Uh polling is evil to me. Right. <laughs> I feel like so like, many people like, feel burned by 2016 yeah. polls they can't even look at them. Well, now. I feel like so much of the discourse uh in the country about politics uh has sort of been co-opted by uh the people who are inside politics and they're controlling our narratives and you know it it, it feels very um, like the fact that we're this far away from the primaries and I feel exhausted yeah. <laughs> is yes. indicative of the machine controlling what we talk about and how we feel a little bit in terms of 
Because this president's so bad, I understand the fervor and the excitement about another election. Because, like, as soon as he became president, everyone's like, when's the next election? Yeah, 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 <laughs> so yeah. I feel like that, I feel like that, but also that coincides with the coverage. Like, I don't know if the coverage is beneficial or necessary. I agree. I mean, um, like that. It's so funny because, like Elizabeth Warren often says, I think you're asking the wrong question. And I mm-hmm. am asking the wrong question. The question that, that yeah. we should be answering is this why is there so much coverage? <laughs> right? Like, so that's what do you mean? Because national like, it has to get decided in Iowa or whatever? So, in, yeah, Iowa and New Hampshire. I mean, yes, I think. The, the primary calendar is the problem. Yeah. Um, we're kind of, we're stuck with it for this election cycle. So yeah. we sort of have no choice but to, again, be like, okay, Iowa, okay, New Hampshire. I, and, and this is, by the way, the Iowa and New Hampshire thing is a relatively recent phenomenon. I mean, it feels like we've been living with it our entire nation's history, but it's not true. It's only been some right. decades or whatever. We could go back to not having this miserable primary calendar. Um, I actually don't know what the primary calendar was like before, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, it, but this idea that everything rests on these two states, I've long found completely absurd mm-hmm. and, and and insulting to the rest of the country. So what, what date will we know who the candidates are? Oh, we'll probably have a really good sense by Super Tuesday. Yeah, when Super is Tuesday. Which is, um, what I want to say, March? Yeah. I, I mean, it's a kind of, the oh, dates sort of fluctuate. Oh, but so far away. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes, it right. is. <laughs> oh, my God. But, um, but, but New Hampshire and Iowa end up kind of like na- affecting the national mood and voters who then go into Super, uh, Super Tuesday um, voting. Uh, but we can mention polls here, unfortunately, yeah. like I said. Uh, no, you go still, ahead. You mention your polls. I'll just we still- <laughs> get... Wait, angry. <laughs> Lou is rocking on the floor. He's got his hands oh, over his ears. Because it's like, yeah, we're like, we still just have to like deal with the fact that we're in this particular primary calendar and this is, and we're, you know, we have all of this coverage of these races. Um, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Warren is now like behind, right behind Biden. Mm-hmm. I don't know, right behind. She's behind Biden. But um, she is like taking big jumps up the she's, polls, but right? She's taken big jumps. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of that, Maeve? I mean, so I don't have a vote. So my whole thing is I'm trying to be ironically detached, which never works out for my hilarious. personality. <laughs> <laughs> but you That's know, what I always say about you, Maeve. She's ironically detached. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I find her so compelling, so smart, like really everything that comes out of her mouth, I'm like relieved and glad and so happy to like pour over her website to see all of these plans that she has. Like, I don't know if it, I don't think it's a PR campaign, but if it is, like, it's working on me. Like, I'm just like, yeah. she can't, she's right. She's so right. Whereas yeah. like, um, you know what I was reading about that people are like, uh, well, yeah, I love her, but I'm not going to vote for her. She just doesn't have a shot. Yeah. And that's been a bit concerning to yeah. me. Um, I think it's kind of like sexism. And I think it's a bit of uh, people are burned because they thought like Hillary was going to be the president. And she was a, you know, close, like, I guess, colleague of Hillary's mm-hmm. and supporter. There's two ways of looking at that. Mm-hmm. Either you look at it like... Fuck, we tried to uh, vote for a woman. It didn't work, although it technically did. It didn't <laughs> yeah, it got the pop. Yeah. N- non-technically work. Um, and 
that means the country just can't handle a woman right now. Mm. The other way of looking at it is, look, we had a fucking, you know, the candidate of a major party was a woman. Like, that, you know, we were so fucking close and we technically won. Now let's bring it home. We're we're ready. We're so ready for a woman. It's a glass half full (laughs) argument. Whenever people say to me, we're clearly not ready for a woman, I'm like, either, I'm like, invert that. Just on the other side of that Mm -hmm. is we're exactly ready for a woman yeah. because we proved ourselves to be in the last election. I think, you know, as a man of this panel, I think I want to share my opinion. And, <laughs> um, women are great. <laughs> um, you, uh, smell so nice. Yeah, um, Big uh, Cash says your, every day. Your book, your book covers are stunning. Um, <laughs> I, we, we haven't, I just want to say, we haven't talked about my book cover at all. I you just know want what? to say that for and, the record. And for, and for that, and, and I, I don't even feel like Maeve has seen my book cover have, okay have you, for the um, record if you could name one color what um, color of oh, the, oh the um oh my head my what color is the font <laughs> i read it on my kindle oh, God. wait is, is your book yellow yes yeah I oh. well done yeah, well yeah. done it's yellow. Um, sorry continue Lou, no, no, as it's a fine. man i know it's just, it was it's so familiar to be silenced as a man i think <laughs> what's fa- and uh you you alluded to it, just the conversation about like, oh, I don't think that she's electable. Right. Again, goes back to what I said earlier about the narratives of the people who are on the inside influencing how we as people should feel about a person who's going to run our country. I don't like that. And it is it is intrinsically a sexist and it is a tool it's like a passive tool of mm. sexism because your fear of going up uh against sexist is keeping you from progress from even trying yeah why yeah like that yeah. is it's a problem that we all deal with as uh uh marginalized people where you're just like i don't know if i'm have the energy to fight but here's the thing you have to fight all the time. Mm. You have to be that person. You have to be like, no, this is it. Mm. No, this yeah, is it. No, I, we need, I, like, I totally she is, agree. to me, she's easily the best candidate. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's down. not even close. It's not even close. Yep. Um, Biden was a mess when he was up against Obama. He wasn't like, when he actually ran campaigns, when he is outside of campaigns, mm. he's actually really great. He's like, <laughs> as, as outside, an ally, yeah. As, <laughs> outside of campaigns, talking, I was like, this is a very smart well thought out person and once his focus is on becoming president it is slop city just coming out of his mm-hmm. mouth and you're just like well all right joe yeah. like and it's like the fact it's just because he says obama every other sentence so i'm just like oh you know what he was with obama <laughs> right, right, i right, forgot right. thank you for reminding me Yes, Obama. I love Obama. <laughs> but that will only get you so much. Yeah. It's kind of like Rudy Giuliani every time he brought up 9-11. Like, oh, yeah. You know? So it, it's like it was the same thing. And it's just like I understand what you're trying to do um, and I value what you did. I just don't need you now. The world does not need you now. We need you somewhere else. I just don't need you as a president. Yeah. Um, um, I think what you're – you're absolutely right about 
there's something there's a failure in the media on how they're covering this and i this is what it feels like it feels like uh, um the reporting is some you know a reporter goes out to iowa they're at a diner and they're like talking to the guy sitting next to him on the counter and they're like harold what do you think about elizabeth warren i just worry that she might not be intellectual because she's a woman i'm reporting live from iowa harold at the diner and it becomes and then it gets repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated yeah like i said it i brought it up exactly Mm -hmm. and and i don't know if we're not constantly repeating this refrain i don't think that the fucking average voter is going to be thinking of this constant repeated refrain right it's the the media already repeated too much of the of what happened in 2016 on Trump's in Trump's rallies. It was just a constant repetition of what he was doing and what he was saying and what you know and it became the, and it became his publicity. Yeah. So I feel like it is a it's a failure yeah. of the media to irresponsibly cover elections like this. This is not Reporting. Reporting is what is Elizabeth Warren saying about a particular policy issue? Cool. And what do people think about it? Electability, which is a stupid, flimsy, ridiculous, mm-hmm. not a completely feelings based nothingness, it does not have any room in real reporting for me. Yeah. And it's like I was reading back about, um, you know, how things like, how they're performing on TV or like how old the candidates are, like all of this stuff that like kind of isn't relevant. Yeah. Like is the thing that like we're looking at or our heads are like guided in that direction. Right, right. As opposed to like their previous actions, (laughs) like their previous work. Right. Like if you looked at Donald Trump's like life as a businessman, like he he wasn't good at it. Right. Um, But instead it was kind of like, I guess. Rally sound bites. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, there's not much differentiating how we cover politics and how like high school politics run. You just be like, what do they look like? like you know, totally. Oh my God, like Casey, I don't know. She'd kind of be a cool president. <laughs> um, I just like, when I talked with her, she was just like, maybe too wordy. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, yeah. what? Like, like we need to evolve as people as we get older, no? Like, yeah. I, feel, I feel like I want to get better as I get older. Uh, and I think that involves yeah. like having more measured uh, thought processes. Right. I'm, <laughs> I'm enjoying like, good, this is maybe the darkest thing I've ever, but like going to the candidates' own websites and like <laughs> just reading what they, because right. so much of what I take in, it's like that viral it's video mediated. of like, you know, Elizabeth Warren like running across a field. Like I watched that 10 times. It's so funny, but it like doesn't really, t- <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, anyway, yeah. their websites, of course that's in their own words and everything, but I'm like, this is maybe the clearest, you know, I'm not going to get to see anybody doing a stump speech. Because so. we live in... Right. A fucking not pro- state that th- our York, primaries yeah. are taken for granted. Yeah. And it's ridiculous, which goes back to why do we have this absurd system? Oh, my God. But uh, let's talk really quickly about another person who had made waves in the last cup, uh, week was Beto O'Rourke. He did a little campaign reset. And I think he did something interesting, which is after, you know, in the wake of the shootings in El Paso, he was just sort of like, what am I doing in Iowa? What am I doing mm-hmm. in New Hampshire? Like, I need to go where the immigration and gun violence are, like, big issues for me, and I want to go to places where those issues matter. Um, And so he's sort of, like, rejecting the idea that you have to be in 
Iowa and New Hampshire. Uh, what do you guys think of that? And what do you guys think of his candidacy? Well, I, I don't see that he had a choice when something as horrific as the shootings happened yeah. in his like hometown. I, you know, I was paying attention to all of the calls like from his constituents and also like just to say to him, like, then if you really do care, like, why don't you run for the Senate here? <laughs> like, why don't you? Right, 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 right. Um, and I mean, I always hold him up against uh, Julian Castro because I think, you know, they're both Texas. They're both like these young candidates who've got a different outlook and blah, blah, blah. And like he always falls short, I think, of Castro, yeah, <laughs> especially yeah, yeah. with immigration. Um, so I'm not that impressed by I am impressed by his human reaction to yeah, El Paso. Uh, me too. Like, of course. But I also think, well, it took that for you to go back and to see where your priorities lie. And I don't know. Like I said, I compare him to Castro. So it's not a very, it's probably not a very fair take. I, But I do like the idea that he's just like, in, and, and it'll probably crash and burn. Like, I, I don't think that this approach is going to work. But I do like the idea that he's just like, what we're all doing at like a butter festival or whatever in Iowa is a little ridiculous, guys. Like we need to be talking to people in, you know, and issues where those issues are happening. And, you know, he like went to Mississippi last week. Like no one's going to Mississippi. You know what I mean? I didn't even know that actually. Yeah, he went to Mississippi. And and that's fantastic. I Mm -hmm. think that's fantastic. And it's it's kind of, he's almost running a race Based on and on um, what he thinks the, these races, you know, it's an ideal of what these yeah. races should yeah. look like, rather than what the reality is, which means it won't work, probably. But that I, I think it's noble. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think he has a shot. I don't think anyone thinks he has a shot. I don't, yeah, think, I don't no. think. I think like, yeah, if you're going to do this, use this platform that you have right now to talk about things that you care about, yeah, yeah, rather yeah. than yeah. jockey for position and power, um, and and parlay that to maybe a Senate run. Because I don't think, I don't think anyone thought that Beto O'Rourke was going to have any traction. Like, I don't even know if he. No, thought. he was like on the cover yeah. of Vanity yeah. Fair, and it yeah. certainly people yeah. in the early days were like, "That's our guy. Like, that's the new Obama." Yeah, but not, and not it's anymore. just like. Uh, uh, you know, the, the because the bar is so low, um, you know, people who are marginally uh, uh, acceptable uh, uh, as candidates uh, probably go a little further a long way because I think people are hungry. People yeah. want like who is the person um, uh, uh, and, you know, just the way this country uh, is built is like, well, this is a slightly attractive white man. Um, him. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Like that's like that's the di- like. I feel like that was it. it was I just think like- he's got he's got like you said. There's a nobility to what he's yeah. been doing, and I think similar to uh, Kirsten Gill- Gillibrand. Yeah. yeah, because I'm. I mean, I think she's not in the running at no. all, really. No. No. But her what she keeps repeating and what she's really sticking to her guns is like that she's an advocate for women and women's rights and she is against all of, you know, she's for safety in the workplace. And it's like, that's not going to win her the, you know. Nomination, But she's she's doing it and that's important. Like, to hear those voices, it's really bolstering. Right. No, I agree. Uh, Now, I want to just close the segment by letting you guys know 
that John Hickenlooper Hickenlooped himself out of the Aww. race. What? <laughs> yeah. No. no longer. I thought you were going to say that John Hickenlooper is with us today and then he just like comes out from <laughs> under <Yeah>. the table. <laughs> and I was like, John, you were here the whole time. Classic John. No one pays attention to you. <laughs> um, quickly though, who do you, what is your next predict, who is your prediction for the next dropout of the race? Uh, maybe Andrew Yang. Oh, yeah. Nice. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I could see him. Yeah. I like what he has to say. I want him just around longer. Like, I really do like, yeah. uh, you know, like, just me personally. It's so funny because all of his ideas are, I, I can't remember his last policy, um, but I think it was maybe around gun control. It was like to give money. Give them money. To, give yeah, them money. Some, give everybody money Give money all the somehow. Time. Or like to give your firearms and whatever. I don't remember what the plan was. Yeah. But it yeah. was a lot of, it was again, it was as similar as the universal basic income. Yeah. It's I'll, just like I'll, all I'll, of his solutions are that solution. Or just money. And you know what? <laughs> Throw money at it. That solved everything. <laughs> Who do you think is dropping out? <laughs> oh. I know there's so many that like I'm just trying to remember who's even in. Yeah. Yeah, I'm who's say, even in? I'm yeah. gonna say Tim Ryan or Michael Bennett. Who's the great guy on the environment? Jay Inslee. I'd like him to stay. Oh, yeah, I'd like him to stay for a good. long time. Yeah, because be we need yeah. that voice. Yeah. yeah. I'm a, I'm gonna say Tim Ryan slash Michael Bennett. Honestly, I don't know them. I don't know them. You said Tim Ryan. You said Tim Ryan, Michael Bennett. And I was like, I think I ran. I think I saw him at a comedy show yesterday. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I was like, Did you think that was one person's name? I, was on a, also? I think Tim, I was on a lineup if, with if, Tim Ryan. If, if, yeah, I, I think I was on. Yeah, he's um, been going for five years. Nobody yeah, remembers him. Nobody remembers Tim. <laughs> and his manager oh. told him, "It's like it's just going to be hard for you, Tim. It's just oh, going to be hard for you." Asshole, Tim Ryan, Michael Bennett. Tim Ryan, Michael, oh Tim Ryan, Michael. Bennett. Truly, if there was someone called Tim Ryan, Michael Bennett, I would love them. Because that's a name. That's, that's a name. name. And you know Four what? Names. That's who I think is going out. It's Tim um, Ryan Michael Bennett. <laughs> I want to tell you, uh, you know what? It has a lot of charisma, but it's just like, it's time to go. <laughs> it's just time to concede. He has a lot of charisma in the way that it just like, <laughs> yeah. he just like melts in the background. You don't remember him. Yeah, he's he, he's sort of like an like a, like a off-white kind of wallpaper. Yes. And I'm just like, You're there's like, something here. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's an ivory. Yeah. <laughs> And and we stand that. All right, you guys. um, Who do you think is dropping out of the race? Hit me up on the Twitters and the Instagrams and the Facebooks and the uh, fucking, you know, whatever. Snapchat? You're not on Snapchat, are you? I have an account. And I'm also not on TikTok. Do you guys have TikTok accounts? No, I watch it, but I don't make anything. I I, I still haven't downloaded it. I follow Michael Ryan Smith and blah, blah. His TikTok is really good. Do you follow Tim Ryan, Michael? Bennett, <laughs> he's gonna turn and pivot to be the world's best TikToker. <laughs> he's gonna use the platform of running for president yeah. to become a TikToker, influencer, um, or run for Senate. You know what I mean? Yeah. One of these uh, all right, you guys, let us move on to topic number three. So Stephen Ross is a billionaire dude who held a fundraiser for Donnie, the unfortunate president of the United States. Mm -hmm. Um, He technically, he owns the parent company that owns SoulCycle and Equinox. Uh, So when members found out about the fundraisers, they finished their last set of ab curls. um, And then they started (laughs) tweeting that people should ditch their memberships. And... um, they're basically making the case that, you know, you can maintain your principles and your, like, shredded core um, <laughs> in a different, uh, you know, somewhere else. So do you guys, um, you know, it, oh, by the way, I want to mention to uh, 
we had a listener who wanted to hear this um, us talk about this, and I, I yeah. had read about this case, but I hadn't this issue, but I hadn't like thought much to to talk about it on the show. And then I was like, oh yeah, no, this is actually f- like fruitful area of discussion. So thank you, uh, listener, for writing in. Um, first of all, you, are you guys by chance members of Equinox or Soul Cycle? No, I I am not, and as a gay man, that's weird. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I'm uh, I'm trash. Hey. New York sports club trash. Are you, guys, are you oh, even gay? Um, <laughs> uh, I have been questioned that all the time. I've never done Soul Cycle, but I do do spin classes. Um, several of my friends are like instructors. Off, off brand generic yeah, yeah. spin classes. You're like, some of my best friends are Soul Cycle. Yeah, some <laughs> of, and, like I was literally I was in Fire Island, and, and right before this happened, my friend was like, "You gotta do Soul Cycle." Me and you, we're gonna do. A soul cycle, and now this happened. I'm like, I don't know if I want to now. Remember uh, when it was big news that Michelle Obama used to do soul cycle, maybe really still does. I don't know. That's it. Just yeah. wanted to point that out. Did she do a class with Madonna or did I completely just imagine? Oh my wow. God, I hope so. I think I just imagined. No, I hope I'm so. Sorry. I just had some Holy kind of a brain flip. Shit. But I do, I do remember when it came out first that there was like, it they was like. They both have like, you know, pretty hardcore arms. No, I would, I would have, I would have seen pictures. Yeah. You know, like if something <laughs> yeah. that amazing happened. Right. That would be a thing that everyone would know for certain. Yeah. yeah. But I'm sure but, but that they don't she... allow photos in there. Like, That's true. Oh, they're careful. Don't? I think oh. they're quite careful. Yeah. Especially with their celebrities. Um, but can I say, please. like, I was so, first of all, I was relieved that I wasn't a member of Equinox or Soul Cycle <laughs> because I just, like, I hate deciding stuff like that. Like, you know, when you actually have to sit down and think, like, where do I stand? Like, it's really easy to say, like, I'm for immigration or whatever. Yeah. But when it, like, comes down to actual things that affect yes. your personal Every- life, Every day, day, you're making decisions all the time, though. Like, if, Mm -hmm. you know, like, should I fly? I absolutely understand what this is doing to the environment. Right. Like, but I want to fly, you know. But this, right, I, my thinking was so confused. And then I read this piece in The Atlantic by James Hamblin, who's like their science writer, all about how those specific brands, Equinox and SoulCycle, they really trade on making membership with them part of your identity. Yeah. So those specific ones, like they have. <laughs> so they they are membership in a in a company like that gives you more of like an ideological yes profile. Like it's lifestyle. called Soul Cycle. It's totally lifestyle. Yeah. Like you're actually aligning yourself with like what they believe in, and like Soul Cycle, it's like find your soul. <laughs> it's not just like an exercise class. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. That's, you, know? you know, anyone who has taken those classes has told me about it, and they're like, right. I was crying at the end, and I yeah. was like, I don't want to do this class. But, <laughs> yeah, um, like it sounds a little culty, guys. There's, yeah. there's yeah. posters and Equinox that say it's not fitness, it's life. Mm. So it's like if you're gonna say that, then you're and then your customers find out that you actually are supporting something like the Trump administration is very anti-gay rights, right? Anti-trans. So then it's like, wait, you said this was my life, <laughs> but like <laughs> this isn't my life. You like said this, this is, is my life and my soul <laughs> and your soul. So right. I think that's like I think that's really important with these ones. Like, no, what do you think about the? 
element of remove because the uh, the dude, Harvey Spivak, is the CEO of Equinox. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a statement. He said, Mr. Ross, who uh, who is the owner of the parent company, is not the majority investor in Equinox. He is one of the investors, including myself. He does not run the company I do. I am the executive chairman of Equinox and have led the vision of st- and strategic direction of the company since I joined um, in 1999. Our focus has always been on about building a community centered on our values, not politics. But that's an interesting statement because, you know, values and politics are closely aligned. They've always yeah. been closely aligned, and now I think even more so. Yeah, and also if... If he really did, why not just stop taking the money? Like, just in case, stop yeah. taking stop Ross's money. Take, it's like it's not like you didn't know who he was when yeah. you met him. You or know bu- what I'm saying? Buy, like, buy him out or whatever. Yeah. And like this, the the statement that Ross himself made, he's again very upfront about it. He said, like, um, I've always been an active participant in the democratic process. Some prefer to sit outside and criticize. I prefer to engage directly and support the things I deeply care about. So like he's literally saying he's saying these are my values. I'm I, part, yeah, I respect that. No, well, I I, I respect that. I was like, you have every right mm-hmm. to use your money however you want to do, and I have every right to respond to your actions. Yeah. with my participation in your businesses. And I think that they did. Like, I think the companies themselves. Like, it's quite hard to get out of an Equinox membership. Like, you have to prove that you've you you've moved twelve miles away, or you have to prove like you have this illness. Like, you, what? Yeah, it's quite hard. <laughs> well, to get Remember, out of this to get, is not to get just out fitness. Of, this is life. To get out of to get out of any. <laughs> Gym membership is very difficult, um, but it's specific. Like no, Equinox is deadly. Like, yes, pr- that to me yeah. is crazy. Yeah, but I think that they lightened up a bit when all of these people were like, "We don't want to be part of this anymore." They were like, "Okay, fair. <laughs> like yeah, we have yeah. to, we have to like let you go." But I don't know. I mean, I you know when you talk about like money and politics, we were talking just when I met you for coffee or whatever about doing gigs in various places where it's yeah. like, are you going to get, if you get paid for it, does that make you complicit? We're, we were talking about doing a gig in a country that yeah. violates uh, human rights. America. No. <laughs> where, where, the, where your money is specifically coming from the uh, royal family of that country. Right. Yeah. I mean, we can say Saudi Arabia, Yeah, right? we can say, I don't know why yeah. I'm not saying it. Yeah. But anyway, Saudi Arabia. We and were talking about that. When you said that we were going to talk about this in the podcast today, I was like, oh shit, like it's easy for me to judge comics for going to Saudi Arabia, taking the money and being, I think, complicit. But then again, I'm never going to be invited to Saudi Arabia because I'm a woman. So it's so, like, an easy I don't have ethical to... position. Yeah, yeah yes. it's an easy ethical position to I, take. I think it is a difficult position when it... it, it a lot of it aligns with how strongly you feel about these things because like once truly once money becomes involved or once like your your life is connected or your well-being or how you exist is impacted you then start making concessions it's the same thing yeah. where it's just like oh all of us have members of our family who are problematic now how do we talk about them and how do we talk to them versus if this person was not a member of our family how do we interact with them? And so the closer that it is to us, the more we make concessions, not necessarily concessions, but maybe compartmentalize. compartmentalize. Mm-hmm. And I think like if it's a service, it's easy to detach. But if it's something that is connected. And, but it's not even. I mean, think about like the community. If if New York Sports Club was the place that was the closest to you and this went down and you and now had to go to a place, and, you, you yeah. had to get on the subway and go to a place that's three stops away. That's a big 
inconvenience in yeah. your life, right? Yeah. So it's like it doesn't it doesn't make it easy to detach from a service like that. No, oh yeah, and I think I think ultimately where it all derives from is in all of these in all of these aspects, particularly business, the higher up you go, I feel like you get this rarefied air of shithead <laughs> where it's just like, oh, I think if you go further down the line or further up the chain of any business, you're going to be like that person's trash. Yeah, that person's like, terrible. Right. Why am I involved so, in this business? So, so like, where does that stop? Let me just Elizabeth Warren the situation for a second. <laughs> Again, she would say you're you're talk you're asking the wrong question. The problem is that there we have intertwined money and politics so fucking thoroughly that it's now infested every aspect of our lives as consumers and it shouldn't because citizens united made it possible for millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars to be poured into campaigns Mm -hmm. and that in a way that it just shouldn't right it's now and so it's created so many blurry morally difficult uh, questions for us as consumers and and it's frustrating because we live in a consumerist society where we have to deal like it's like when people say things like oh you you know if you're if you don't believe in capitalism stop stop participating but it's like, how can you stop? How can you, you start? Stop exactly. Yeah. How can you stop participating? Mm-hmm. That's the the problem. Is that we've painted ourselves into a corner where we kind of always have to do shit that we find morally compromising. Also, and I don't know. I don't know. The, and, and, who's as we? you said, no, exactly, <laughs> no, no. I, me, uh, me. I feel yeah, like painted in too. a corner. Yeah. If I looked into, like as you said, yeah. the higher up the food chain in any company that I buy p- spend money on, yeah. this fucking cup of coffee I bought this morning, we look up the the food chain and I'm going to find something they did morally compromising and that and they're putting their money into it. Like Chase Bank, which is really the most convenient bank. It's what I was recommended when I right. moved here. Right. Then I found out years later, Chase Bank lends the most money to um, oil companies and the worst emitters. And then I found out later again, they also fund a lot of private privacy prisons including for immigrant detention but it's like you just don't think about that you just think about like oh good there's like a chase in every corner like there's I don't a, have to yeah, think about it there's this. a chase in every corner yeah. I get a free wire transaction a month or whatever right. and, and when I like, Great. when I call them and I did this for like my climate justice podcast it wasn't just because I'm like a concerned citizen I did it as a bit or whatever um, I called them and the woman hung up the phone on me when I was like, I'm just concerned that like you're the biggest lender to like fossil fuel companies and what that's doing. And she like hung up on me. She was not interested. Like I'm just like one tiny customer in this like gigantic. Yeah. I mean, it made me feel better to move banks. Yeah. But ultimately, it's so much hassle. And it it's is. also like, is this effective? It's not effective. When it's just you, One person, right. yeah. but it's effective if, you know, me and Lou joined you. Yeah, I, I think because like when because like I, I think it's something that was put upon us. I don't think we all agreed to this. <laughs> I don't yeah. think we agreed to be part of a society that has been, you know, monopolized and, you know, been taken over by big industry. And uh, it's sort of like slowly spread its tentacles into our lives and made things very convenient and made things very fortunate. I mean, we're, I mean, this country is very privileged and 
I mean, you know, if, if we're going to follow down that road, I mean, we should not pay taxes because this country does a lot of bad shit. <laughs> so it's I like, yeah, it's, it's like, it's right. like you know, so it's much, like, yeah. again, we said it's it, we like compartmentalize. Taxes feels like an implicit uh, yeah. agreement to the military expenditures, yeah. right? Like all that yeah. stuff. Um, I want to point out something that um, is 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 not just about like, you know, is the CEO giving money to a campaign you don't agree with, but um, just that the moral choices you're making every single day with your dollars and your your, your personal comportment in uh, the commerce sphere. Uh, and I was watching the show Years and Years, which so many of you recommended as part of my uh, dystopian future, <laughs> love of dystopian future stories. And for those of you you haven't watched Years and Years. It basically spans. I'm not giving anything away. Um, this, years and Years. <laughs> yes, it's, it, it spans Years and Years. Um, it's on HBO, and it's about a little British family uh, from like 2020 to 2031 or something like that. And um, I, and I'm not giving anything away. But in the last episode, um, this uh, you know grandmother uh, character says, you know. When they started taking out the um, automated the, the cashiers in supermarkets, and they started replacing them with automated checkouts, did you do anything? Did you complain to the supermarket? And they were, and everyone, and everyone around her was like, "Oh, I hated that. I hated. I hate those automated checkouts. I still hate them." And she's like, "Right." But did you ever do anything about it? Did you ever say to the supermarket, please don't remove these cashiers? My interaction with these cashiers is good. Like, I want this person to maintain their job. I want this woman to have a job. Did you ever do anything? And everyone said no. And it just, it was like one of these moments in a piece of art where you're like, sobbing because you're like, I haven't fucking done anything mm-hmm. about it. I fucking have watched women be fired mm-hmm. in my local... I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional. Yeah. Yeah. But I've got... I've watched women be you know, let go yeah. in my local supermarket and I've done nothing, yeah. right? And I've watched these fucking machines come in and... What are we doing? What are we doing every day with these kind with these interactions? And um and it made me feel like god, we we spend so much time being so enraged about fucking Donnie and the yeah. garbage that he says um on in his rallies instead of going to our local supermarket and saying please don't fire these women and they largely are women. Yeah. Please keep their jobs. I'll pay more for the broccoli or whatever, right. you know? And I think that that it's all related because automation takes away jobs. Mm-hmm. Then immigrants get blamed for taking those jobs and Donald Trump gets elected because people feel what yeah. what you're feeling and what I feel, which is like, wait, like things are changing beyond our control. This is horrible. People are suffering. And then someone is like, yeah, look over there. It's their fault. Right, right, right. And it's like, yeah, you're right, can, you're looking yeah. deeper. And also, but it's like, that to me is a terrifying idea. I would seem, I would feel like I was crazy to go up to a supermarket totally, manager totally. and be like, excuse me, this, <laughs> totally. you know, and I'm sure they would be like, oh no, this comes from above. Like this is a, actually right. will make everything easier. And, you know, and also the promise, like the kind of utopia idea that like automation 
that those ladies who worked in your supermarket, they will now go on to have a really fun life where they don't have to work. Right. But that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just be struggling for money in some other way. Right. And the community that they have is just gone now. Right. It's so. uh and and I, you're totally right that it would be would seem like a crazy person to walk up to a store manager. And I guess that's like that's like the direct action kind of thing that that might be nuts. But it's not even that. It's really like, do you mm-hmm. In the New York City example, do you know that you have a community board? Yeah. Hey, yeah. guys, you have a community board. Yeah. They have public small sessions. Associations they have small and, yeah. business, there's small yeah. business associations. There's chambers of commerce. There's like, you know, there's town halls. There's ways for the public. Have you ever gone to one of these public sessions for like a zoning change or whatever? Yeah. People do not go. People do not go. We have lost that thread. Um, And so that's, I think, where you can effectively put your morality as a consumer. Mm -hmm. You can funnel into your civic engagement because that will have an effect. It's all, you know. Yeah, I think I think each person has to just make a decision as to, you know, I think everyone's about what you value and what's important to you. And and what is it that you value enough that you're willing to put your energy into? Mm-hmm. And there's only so much that one person can do. True. And I think— But, but most of us don't do anything. Right. Well, that's the thing. But that is—but the question that we ask is, why do we do nothing? Why do we do nothing? Why do we choose to, instead of having an action or or having a conversation or trying to find out— what is something that we can do to make an impact or to empower ourselves and others? Do we prefer often to do nothing and feel bad? Like to like how how has the discourse of this country gotten to where it has gotten? Because we have allowed it to, in a way. We've allowed and 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 allowed these voices who I think all of us can agree we're not on board with. And I I feel very hopeful. I think there's more good people than there are bad. I just think these people are louder. Yeah. And people don't want to be bothered by that sort of aggression. They don't want to interact with it. They don't want but by inter, but by others interacting with it, they give it a voice. Rather than reaching out to people who are just like, I'm exhausted. If you're exhausted, yeah. you don't want to have the conversation. Right. And it's interesting about like civic engagement too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like have the piece at my fingertips, but I think that for like things like um, community boards, I think it's usually older people show up to yep. them and I think whiter people yep. show up to them too. Mm-hmm. So like your point about just showing up there maybe is a good start. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, and can I just uh, close a segment by telling you guys about Garrett? Yes. If you live in the East Village of New York City and you have a dog, then you know Garrett. Garrett is a wonderful guy. He's a dog trainer and dog walker and an advocate for animals Mm -hmm. um, in uh, the East Village of New York City specifically, right? And I was talking to him the other day at the dog park. Um, The dog park in in Tompkins Square Park, by the way, which was advocated for and brought to fruition by Garrett. Oh wow! Garrett is the guy that made that that possible, and he got it refurbished recently. And he's I getting, know that park, and it has a separate uh, section for yes, small for dogs, small dogs which is fabulous. where Pashmak goes. <laughs> and um, uh, and Ger- Garrett is behind all of this. He's been a longtime huh. resident. I mean, he's been there for I don't know twenty, thirty years, and he knows the entire history of the neighborhood as it 
uh, 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 is it involves animals. And I was talking to him about the demolition of the East River Park because um, they want to build a sandy proof, like hurricane proof kind of wall situation right. there. That's wall sounds wrong, but you know, anyway, <laughs> a thing. And, um, and I was talking about like the, this demolition, how it would affect the neighborhood and blah, blah, blah. And it's really tra- actually the whole thing is really traumatizing and upsetting. But like we also need to hurricane proof the city. So it's like a very complicated issue. And he said, uh, yeah, I really care about that. But right now, but uh, but I focus on the animals. Hmm. And and it struck me in that moment. I was like, oh, he, he has focused his all of his civic engagement hmm. on this one issue. And for his whole life that's it he's like all these other issues are happening and i care about them yeah but i can't put my energy into them and i was like oh this is a good model for being a human being yeah right like you're like you know the thing i really care about is monarch butterflies to bring up something from the last episode i care about monarch butterflies i put my energy on them by just like planting flowers that they can um feed off of and thrive from in my balcony. That's what I do. Right. You know? I think, I think and that's I a think great that, thing. Like, a sp- like yeah. figuring out the thing that drives you mm-hmm. as a person in your community is great. And it's like Garrett is a model. Garrett cares about dogs. He cares about dogs in the East Garrett, Village. And that's you. <laughs> that's cool. Isn't it cool? Yeah. All right, you guys. That is the end of the show. And we asked this question. You can relate it to any of the topics we discussed. Uh, we ask this question at the end of every show. How do you feel? I feel like kind of inspired because what we talked about at the top of the show was how focused and determined Stephen Miller is yeah. to drive immigrants <laughs> yeah. out of this country. And what we ended the show with is how focused and determined Garrett is to like keep dogs safe in the East Village. Yeah. And maybe that's the key. Like, pick yeah. your favorite thing yeah. and work towards that goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Feeling hopeful. <laughs> Feeling hopeful. I need to see the cover of these books <laughs> to get a proper judgment. And I'm hopeful <laughs> that you will provide that for me. Um, free of charge. Free of charge. Yeah. I won't can. read them. <laughs> but I would love to see the cover. You guys. I would really love for the people of Faith Nation to be able to follow you and all the stuff that you do. Lou, where do they do that? You can find me uh, at Angry Lou on Twitter. I don't really engage <laughs> that much because Twitter's toxic, but I do engage in toxic Instagram, also at Angry Lou. Yay! <laughs> so, you know, I, I have my focus on one uh, social media trash site. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Maeve, exactly which the of the same. trash sites are you on? I'm all in on Instagram. It is so unhealthy, but you can find me there, Maven America. Maven America. Yeah. Also, the name of her book. Yes. Which you can purchase uh, from an independent bookseller. <laughs> I have a deal exclusively with Amazon. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> exclusively. You guys know where to find me, my book at an independent bookseller, uh, and all the things that I do. Oh, I'm really excited about the new American Festival um, that's upcoming in September. I'm doing a, a show with a bunch of um, 
really like Hassan Minaj and some other amazing comics or whatever. So you guys um, should should definitely look that up if you're in New York. Please come uh, to see that. Um, and I'll be doing shows here and there. You you know the deal. They may or may not be on my website. Um, <laughs> I would like to thank the people that make this show possible. That's our producer, Harry Nelson, our talented audio engineer, Andy Christens, Gabby Alterrota theme music, and thanks to Lily Fleshler for research. Um, and you guys, oh my God, thank you so much for bring, sending me your topic um, ideas. Uh, we got one in this week. I think we're, we're going to get one in um, after Labor Day. So keep them coming. They're so helpful and so um, inspiring. I love hearing them. Um, and I also love hearing your voice. So if you want to leave a voicemail, you can do that at 347-770-4981. Otherwise, comments at fakethenation.com. And if you like what you hear, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts because it helps people find the show. You guys are delightful. We'll be back in your ear, ear balls, ear balls <laughs> next week. Okay, bye. Yay! Yay! Well done, McGee. That was so fun and interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah thank fun. you. That was fun. Thank you so much. Yeah. Take a quick photo outside. Yep. Right. And you guys can post it on your toxic Instagram. Yeah.